0: Have you really thought about what the fallout is going to be? Have you thought about it? Forget about left, right, Republican, Democrat, mandates. There's going to be fallout, and it's going to hurt, and I don't think you've thought about it yet. Hang on. Walk with me through a little thought experiment here as we open up the show tonight on On Right. Now, we're going to do something we rarely do, I should just set aside everything—Covid, vaccines, uh, left, right, Republican, Democrat. Uh, just set all that stuff aside. This is a thought experiment. Everybody can play. All right. Picture a village. Couple hundred people. Uh, pick your pick your place. Australia, America, Africa, Russia, wherever. There's just a village out there. It Doesn't have to be in any nation. Doesn't matter. It's a village of people. They do whatever they want to do. They're their own place. The Indians, this is a great example. Use the Indians. Okay? In this village, as they did, there will be different roles for different people, understandably. You're going to have a certain amount of people who hunt. They go out and hunt meat for the entire tribe. They bring back the meat and the tribe gets meat. You're going to have a certain number of people who probably harvest some fruits and veggies mainly, even if they don't harvest them, go out pick some, make sure we can get a little bit of balance in our diet you'll undoubtedly have people there who handle some form of health care whether or it doesn't have to be advanced that doesn't matter, it's they, they handle some medicine, they'll handle b- bandaging up wounds, you're gonna have people who do this, people who do that right? People who wash the clothes people, there are different roles for it now, I want you to imagine something. This village of 200 people, let's say this village had 10 hunters in it. And let's say I came into this village, came strolling in, and I have the power to do this, right, and I decided, oh, man, you guys have 10 hunters? Three of you, fired, you're gone, leave the village. Oh, you've got, you've got 10 people who handle the healthcare and medicine, Three or four of you, gone. You're fired. Oh, we got, wow, I see we have people who wash the clothes. Couple of you were gone. People who handle this, people who handle that. And I just walked in and I just carved out 20, 30, 40% of every role. And then I strolled out of that village. Now, let me ask you something. Did I do right by that village? Or did I do wrong? Is that village going to eat better the day after I leave? Or are some people going to go hungry? Is that village going to have a better health care system, whatever system it was? Or are people going to be more sick? Probably die earlier, a little short-staffed. Did I do right or did I do wrong? I think the people of the United States of America, wherever you stand on vaccines, as you, again, you know, I don't care. Go get one, don't get one, doesn't matter to me. My, my, my question is a question of liberty and, and of people making personal choices. Wherever you stand on vaccines, I don't think people fully understand what's coming. They do not understand what's happening right now. Now, I'm going to give you a brief window. I'm going to give you a couple examples here. It's a brief window of it. But you must understand, this is just what we have so far, just tiny bits of what we have so far. It would have taken a lot more than this to lay this out for you. Miss Katie Phipps, her husband is a lieutenant colonel. He just resigned his commission. He resigned his commission, put out a very public letter about it as well. First and foremost, I am incapable of subjecting myself to the unlawful, unethical, immoral, and tyrannical order to sit still and allow a serum to be injected into my flesh against my will and better judgment. It is impossible for this so-called vaccine to have been studied adequately to determine the long-term effects. It simply has has not existed for enough time, and any claim otherwise is blatantly ignorant and likely an outright lie driven by negligent political agenda. Furthermore, ample studies show that naturally derived immunity based on exposure to the virus often uh, offers far superior protection than the mandated vaccine. Now, let's pause here for a moment. Pause before we go on here. Because we, I mean, you know my position on everything, but we're actually not taking a position about specifically what he said right there. I happen to agree with it, but that's not what I want you to do. doesn't matter whether you agree or disagree. Maybe every word I just read of his, you said, no, that's not true. He has to spend proof. None of that matters for our purpose. Just pause for a moment. Hold on. Hold on. He moved on. He actually has a lot more than this, but a complete lack of confidence in the presidential administration and secretaries directing the military as demonstrated by the sudden and rash at best, but pushing traitorous withdrawal from Afghanistan, so on and so forth. Now, the reason I said I don't want you to take an an opinion on what he said about the vaccine is this, because it's actually not about his opinion or not. The point is, a lieutenant colonel, 18 years in, This was a guy who was in the ROTC. So this is a guy who's known, he's wanted to be a warrior for a long time, got through the ROTC, has done 18 years in the U.S. Army. He's walking away. There are many others like him walking away. There are rumors of pilots, naval officers. I personally know several real, real warrior types, Green Beret types, walking away. Again, I don't care about your position on the vaccine. Are we a safer nation? Are we a safer nation? They're walking away because of the mandates. Did the mandates make us safer? Or are you less safe today than you were before the mandates? Okay, so maybe you're, maybe you're the type of person who doesn't care about the military. Maybe you don't even like the military. Fine, whatever. You don't have to be some military worshiper. You see this story? Healthcare? Have you thought about healthcare? Have you thought about it? And before I go into this story, I want to make sure I remind you of this. About the time the pandemic broke out, when the system was busy making sure everyone was as scared as humanly possible, I remember we were told repeatedly that all the healthcare workers out there, that they were saints and they were lions and they were carrying America and where would we be without them? And I love healthcare workers, so okay, that's fine. But... Well, something else is happening here. You see, there are many, 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 many healthcare workers, a large percentage in this country, 20, 30, 40 percent. We don't know the numbers. They haven't gotten the vaccine. They don't want the vaccine, which is a perfectly reasonable choice to make about your health. They decided they don't want it, and they're not going to be forced to get it. Many of them are not. Look at this headline. 30 staffers gone hospital to stop delivering babies after 30 staffers quit over the vaccine mandate. Are we better and healthier because now that hospital has to send expectant mothers someplace else? Is the mandate making this nation better or are we weaker militarily? Are we hurting the public health I've had to hear so much about? Oh, don't think that's one headline. I could read you a million. I could tell you all the private emails I get. Jesse, I'm a doctor. I'm leaving. Jesse, I'm a nurse. I talked to an anesthesiologist from Colorado yesterday. 30 years. Gone. Will not be mandated a vaccine. Told me, Jesse, I'm a healthy 61-year-old. I'm not getting it. I don't have to have this job. And let's pause there before we move on to something else here. You understand how valuable institutional knowledge and wisdom gained from experience is, right? There's already talk of United Airlines pilots already lawyering up 3,000 of them potentially. I know personally a Delta Airlines pilot, 58 years old, walking away. You feel safe flying the friendly skies today as you did yesterday? You see, yesterday you had a 58-year-old pilot who'd been doing it forever. You got engine trouble next time you're in the air. Do you want that guy in the cockpit? Do you want the snot-nosed kid fresh out of college, went and got his vaccine like he was told? Do you want him in the cockpit when that engine goes and somebody has to set the plane down in a cornfield somewhere? Are you starting to understand just how dangerous this situation is? Oh, there's more. 200 cops. 200 police officers in Seattle face being fired over the mandate because 20% of them refused the jab and wrap your mind around that 20% of cops in Seattle as far left a city as exists in the country and 20% of the cops have made a personal choice and said I don't want it that phone call goes to 911 tonight in Seattle Somebody's breaking in my back door. I'm so scared. Can you send somebody? No, sorry. Go hide under your bed. We're a little short-staffed. Best of luck out there. It's real. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen specifically because of this insanity, making the country weaker, less healthy, less safe. That's what these mandates are doing. Oh, wait, there's more. (sighs) This is San Francisco's deputy, or Sheriff's Deputy Union, says officers will be quitting. Likely a large number of officers will be quitting. While the mayor, London Breed, focuses on forcing law enforcement to be vaccinated, which will result in law enforcement officers and firefighters, I didn't even mention those, retiring early and seeking employment elsewhere, Public safety in San Francisco was turned into the Wild West and will get worse when officers quit due the vaccine mandate. Instead of the mayor should let them test weekly and get back to the focus of guns gone wild, murders have increased. We have a teacher. Because you didn't think this was just sheriffs and healthcare workers and military guys, did you? Kansas teacher certainly will not be alone. He's gone. But then, just a couple of weeks ago, they announced that kids, uh, K through 6th grade, were going to have to wear a mask. And you were not planning on that, were you? No,
1: I wasn't. They told us back uh, in the fall, I mean, they being everybody who just kind of talks that we were hoping, or back in the summer and spring, that fall was going to be normal, we were going to be moving forward, you know, so then when it came out. Um, really the thing that got me was that my kids were going to have to and had no say. And so pulling them out was step one and then realizing that the only way I can give them the education I wanted them to have was resigning.
0: Right. So you resigned. Oh, a quick side note here. Just want to give a heads up because I know we have a bunch of teachers who watch the show, like-minded teachers. Teachers, if you're going to resign or you're going to be fired because of COVID stuff or critical race theory stuff. Hear me out here. Hear me out. Do you have any idea how many millions of parents out there are dying to have their kids educated by someone like you? Start a private business. Start a group homeschooling business. You might just find yourself teaching the way you've always wanted to teach in a non-manipulated way and making a lot more cheddar cheese while you do it. You have market value out there. Take advantage of it. And before I wrap things up here, I did just want to point this out. It's worse than teachers and military and healthcare workers and cops. Have you thought about food? Have you thought at all about food? Because you're an American and I'm an American and all we've ever known here in the United States of America is you walk in your local grocery store, whatever that grocery store may be, and you look at what? A sea of stocked shelves. Bread and buns and eggs and canned beans. and Have you thought about what it's going to be like when you walk in the store and there's no chicken? Beef's gone. Hey, Bob, I I heard there's some ground beef across town. Will you hold one for me? I'm coming over for it. You think that's some kind of joke? Oh, you didn't think about the massive companies that produce your food. Yeah, there's a bunch of those guys don't want to get the vaccine either. You forgot about the trucking companies who deliver your food to said grocery store. Hmm. You ready for a 10, 20% reduction in trucking in the United States of America? I don't think you are we're in trouble. Bad trouble. And the worst is still yet to come. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Coming up next, Joe Biden said something on the anniversary of 9-11. We're not sure what. Hang on. Dipping. It is not easy to quit. And the only people who tell you dipping is easy to quit, they've never dipped. And certainly haven't dipped for a long period of time. I dipped for years. I actually started before the Marine Corps and then all throughout the Marine Corps, then after the Marine Corps, and it's hard to quit. And I tried a million different things. I almost quit trying to quit because I couldn't quit. And then Jake's Mint Chew came. Jake's Mint Chew allows me to have a dip anytime I want. I could throw one in right here on camera if I wanted. It's tobacco-free, nicotine-free, and sugar-free, yet it's still dip. 11 different flavors, a long cut. Four different flavors of the CBD pouches, which is what I do prefer to do when I'm at work, not right now, because it's clean. Go to jakesmintchew.com right now. Use the promo code JESSE, get 10% off. Over the weekend, it was the 20th anniversary of 9-11, a day that uh, everyone who was alive will always remember where they were, what they were doing that day. And it's a day you would expect to hear something from the president of the United States. And the Biden administration decided to uh, make this video of Joe. And this was was what the president had to say on the 20th anniversary of 9-11.
1: The absolute courage it took after two unimaginable losses is extraordinary. Yet the most ordinary of American things to know life can be unfair and uncertain a cruel twist of accident or deliberate act of evil, but even in darkness, to still be the light. There are people around the world that you'll never know who are suffering through their own losses, who see you, your courage. Your courage gives them courage that they too can get up and keep going. We hope that 20 years later, the memory of your beloved brings a smile to your lips even while still bringing a tear to your eye.
0: Okay. Um, All right. In case you thought maybe they just messed up the editing on the pre-prepared video, um, he he was asked again about 9-11 later on that day, and, well, this is what he had to say.
1: This idea that... You know, what do you want to do with Biden? I want to box him.
0: I should be so lucky. You know what I mean? But the the, the kinds of things, or, you know, stuff that's coming out of Florida, stuff that's coming out of, you know, Robert E. but in Afghanistan, you're the one. Anyway,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm telling you too much.
0: We're doing well. We're certainly we're doing well. And in case you thought Joe Biden was the only president who completely embarrassed himself on the 20th anniversary of 9/11, you would actually be mistaken. You see, George W. Bush decided to take Joe Biden's incoherence and say, "Oh no, 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 no. I'm actually capable of being a way bigger piece of crap than he, he could ever hope of being."
2: There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home, but in their disdainful pluralism, in their disregard for human life, in their determination to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul
0: spirit. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay calm. I know you think I'm gonna freak out. but I'm just gonna stay calm. I just feel like it's pretty important to point this out on september 11th 2001 a bunch of al-qaeda terrorists well they murdered almost 3,000 americans americans your fellow americans my fellow americans they were staring out the window of a skyscraper more floors above the ground than you care to think about and they were looking behind them and you see the flames were coming and they knew in that moment they had to make a choice. They could stay there and burn alive. Try to imagine what that would be like, burn alive. Or they could dive out the window and watch as the ground came up to, up to them at 200 miles an hour and they splatter on it. If it sounds like I'm being graphic, I am. Americans died in mass on 9-11. For that, for anybody, anybody to think it's even remotely appropriate to even bring up January 6th on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 is insanity to me let alone let alone to compare what those people did on 9-11 to anything that happened on january 6th the political protest that got a little out of hand and some guy with freaking antlers wanders into the capitol building These people, it's not that people's brains are broken in this country. There's always going to be people with broken brains. Always. You know what it is? It's that at the highest levels of this society, they're broken. That's the president of the United States. That's the man who was sitting in the Oval Office on 9-11. Actually, I know he was out reading, but that was the man who was president on 9-11. Watched it happen lived through all the aftermath and stood up there like some stupid idiot college kid who's been brainwashed well i mean they're 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 basically the same what is wrong with these people we have not mental illness has now become part of the social fabric it it just has been all the leaders of our institutions they're all hopelessly and endlessly broken dang it i said i wasn't gonna get upset i got upset all right we got Will Chamberlain coming up next. Hang on.
2: There's little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in their disdainful pluralism, in their disregard for human life, in their determination
0: to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit I'm just as mad this time as I was the first time I played it for you. Joining me now to talk about the absurdity of that and many other things is my friend Will Chamberlain, freshly married Will Chamberlain. He's also the senior counsel for the Internet Accountability Project. Will, honestly, as bad as the... com, As inappropriate as it is to to make that comparison on 9-11 when you get a speech... It is amazing how mainstream insanity is now. That is insane. You'd expect that out of some wingnut idiot college student. That's the president of the United States of America.
1: Yeah, I mean, President Bush had a lot of trouble kind of distinguishing shades of gray when he was president. And I guess it's not surprising that he's just lumping in um, Americans he disagrees with now with uh, the Taliban and Al Qaeda. it's, you know, probably what explains much of the failure of his presidency and of the Iraq War and so many other things he did. But still, just to hear it is very jarring, especially from someone who used to be a Republican president. I mean, this is a person who said absolutely nothing over the course of the last 10 to 15 years. Nothing, especially recently, about an Antifa and violent riots in the streets and protests. But all of a sudden, the January 6th event is this unique um, danger that is comparable to 9-11 or comparable um, to radical Islamist terrorism. I, 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 it's just, it's really, a, it's an appalling statement. He should be ashamed of himself.
0: Well, look, you live in the D.C. area. Uh, explain this to me because I cannot understand it. What is it about that day that has so many of the people left and right com- j- just completely up in arms still that like they feel like it was some personal thing and i it's not like it's a day to celebrate i'm not saying that but the, the they've blown this thing up so big and i don't understand it what is the mentality i'm
1: missing here I, I don't fully understand it either. I mean, I feel like it starts from a kind of cute communication strategy of, oh, we're going to call this an insurrection because we can. And then all of a sudden that cute little word game becomes actually what the progressive line is on the question. And then you're a bad person if you don't believe that this is an insurrection. And it's sort of like everybody's playing a game of chicken with each other where if they don't properly treat Um, in their view, treat this with the severity it deserves and they're not being good progressives. So you get this ridiculous escalation to the point that the thing is as bad as 9-11 when it really was, uh, it's a riot. Like all all riots are bad. I I don't like riots, but that's the most accurate description of what happened on January 6th was a riot, Um, a riot that would have been controlled by maybe double the number of police officers without too much of an issue um, and a riot in which none of the rioters actually murdered anyone or anything like that. So, I mean, the comparison to 9-11 9-11 is just absolutely bizarre.
0: Will, uh, I used to absolutely disagree with you publicly about your seize the endowment strategy for universities. I have since obviously come around on this because I, I feel like these institutions must be raised to the ground. And this latest video I'm about to play it, play for you just cemented it for me.
1: When talking about 9/11, what do you think we should avoid? I think we should like avoid a lot of more gruesome facts. Avoiding kind of placing blame.
0: Will? Uh, Wait, what? <laughs> how have we cheated? How have we cheated our youth so badly? And I understand they're adults by now, and they have to take accountability for what they think. But we have cheated our youth so much. We have morons now—insane communist morons at 20.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they've been uneducated. I mean, these are the kind of things that if you just were a normal person and just ran through your life and then showed up at 20 and somebody asked you, should someone else be blamed for for flying planes into buildings on 9-11? You'd be like, yes, of course, that's quite obvious that that should be the case. And yet somehow uh, just, you know, the 18 years of education have managed to uh, unsolve the problem of their education and <laughs> lead them to think that no one actually is to blame for that. Um, I, there's a, a slew of things, I mean, I think in general, the the big shift that I've seen in conservatism generally is, you know, going from, well, you know, we're going to stick to these principles no matter, without any, without examining the principles, one, and then two, even if they lead to our own defeat, to a much more pragmatic conservatism, which I think you have adopted and and many others have adopted, which is more like, wait a second, universities are destroying our children. Well, then we as a conservative movement should be deeply adversarial to the universities um, and seek to use government to make... uh, to at least unwind certainly all the government support for those universities, but go further and actually use government to create the kind of world we want, um, rather than just advocating that entirely
0: okay well it's one thing for you to say it it's one thing for me to say it it's not that we're without any influence at all but we're not elected are any of our elected officials starting to think along these lines i understand we don't have mitch mcconnell i I get that but are we starting to make gains with things like this in, in our elected officials
1: I mean, it's challenging. They're, they find it easy to oppose things like critical race theory, but it's not clear that they're willing to actually impose their will on these universities, demand things. I think something as simple as like, you you, you know, there's a million different diversity requirements that go into public employment and that goes to universities too. Well, there needs to be a political diversity requirement, especially at a place like a university. Um, if you haven't hired, say, for example, if your staff isn't at least 25% uh, Republicans, in on the on the professor professorial staff well then that needs to be remediated and you can't hire any more progressives until you've gotten to 25 percent um that would really put a damper on progressive hiring and that would be one way to change things um another thing entirely would be to remove the subsidies but i mean you you start from the perspective that oh we've completely as a movement abandoned the universities and our ability to influence young people um and instead left it to marxists where the, and the debate really is between marxists on the on the left and then liberals and mainstream Democrats on the right at these universities, and we're not even in the scene. We're not, we're, not, we're not present. That needs to change, or the entire university structure needs to be reformed so that kids just... It's just not necessary.
0: Uh, Will, right, we're going to switch gears here because the mandates. The, obviously, Joe Biden's mandate was... It's all the news right now. I've been mm-hmm. very vocal about how disgusted I am with the divide in this society and how we've decided now there's a separate minority out there. But Will are they going to get shot down? I saw a lot of Cope from the right as soon as he passed them, saying, oh, this is going to get shot down, or it'll get shot down. Obviously, it should get shot down, but, Will, I don't have any faith in the, in these
1: these courts anymore. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's less... I will say that it is less an obvious violation of the law than is the CDC's eviction moratorium, right? Like, that was very clearly not within their authority to do that. They, you know, their Centers for Disease Control, they don't get to tell landlords how much to rent for. This is a little bit more within the statutory text of what OSHA is supposed to be doing, right? OSHA is actually you know, regulating workplace safety. They have put in place regulations about other types of viruses and say lab settings. So regulating a virus generally is not, it's not so far outside the world that you'd be like, oh, this for sure will get struck down. I think it ultimately will get struck down though, because I don't think it's, it's narrowly tailored on the fact that it makes no accounting for natural immunity and no accounting for people working from home, for example. Um, and that it's an emergency regulation. These emergency regulations often get struck down because they don't they don't get tailored properly. So I think I think it's kind of weak. Um, but, you know, it's it's a struggle, you know, on the one hand, like I, on a, as a moral question, I think it's appalling to mandate that people take a vaccine. I think um, or to essentially to leverage companies and, and essentially use the threat of firing people to, to make them take a vaccine. I, I'm appalled by it. And in particular, I'm appalled by the decision that they're just not going to make any exemptions, that there's no, you know, that they're going to completely ignore natural immunity. I mean, as someone who I I think, I think the vaccines are generally good. I think if you don't have antibodies, you should take them. But I have antibodies because I I got the COVID in November 2020. I haven't gotten the vaccine. I don't intend to in the near future because I've seen no studies that indicate that it would actually benefit me.
0: Okay, Will, what do we do about, uh, obviously, the the corporate government uh, cabal in this country has reached a disgusting level, so let's take the government portion out of it corporate america still whether this gets struck down or not i believe they're going to use this as an excuse to hand out mandates which they've been wanting to hand out anyway my email inbox is full of people about to get fired or about to quit want to know what to do we're getting a lawyer what do i do do people genuine do they have any rights here or are they just screwed
1: i mean they can sue uh the government and try and join the many people who are suing them but um, in the short term until that like order is enjoined, they don't have as much legal relief as I would think. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not an experienced employment lawyer, I don't know the details. So I, I wouldn't rely on my advice if you, I mean, talk to a real lawyer, if you actually want to see what your options are. Um, I'm a real lawyer, but talk to, talk to a practicing, currently practicing lawyer uh, in order to get what your options are. Um, what? But the, you know, it's, it's just, it's not an ideal situation and, and there's to say the least of it, and it's just real, it's really distressing. Um, and so again, a reason why we don't let Democrats have power. Responsible people don't do that.
0: Well, I don't want to get too cute about things, but you are generally real, real savvy when it comes to ways we can fight back. I, we currently in the United States of America right now, we have people who are forced to wear something marking their health status at work. They're not allowed to eat in the same restaurants as as other people. We just mentioned they're being fired from their jobs, so on and so. These these are civil rights violations. Will I've been taught my entire life about civil rights and what civil rights is and what civil rights isn't. Can we not use all these civil rights laws to to advantage of these people, or is that something way out in left field and ain't ever gonna work? <laughs>
1: I mean, it's possible. There, there. I don't know exactly what civil rights law would apply here. Um, I know, in general, you know, I think the best possible attack against this stuff is that it's an overreach of federal authority. If it were a state doing this, I'd think it was basically a lost cause because there's a Supreme Court case almost directly on point called Jacobson versus Massachusetts that basically directly addressed the constitutionality of state level vaccine mandates, and and basically the Supreme Court said that's part of the police power. Um, and, you know, it's easy for us to forget, but, you know, quarantines and things like that were very common in the, at the founding Yellow Fever. There, I mean, this is not, so this is something that's been present in American law for some time. Um, if it might be federal overreach, and we'll, so we'll be able to win that the federal government lacks the authority to do this. That's why they're trying to, you know, cram this in through OSHA which seems awkward because it doesn't really seem like a workplace issue, but they're trying to use OSHA as a workaround on the fact that there's no broad federal police power to just do whatever they want, right? There's no federal law against murder. They have to tie it to something within federal jurisdiction. Um, But it's a lot harder to thwart federal exercises of power. Like I saw some people saying, oh, well, states can pass laws that will, you know, work around this. States can ban these sort of entity mandates. And the answer is no, they can't. I mean, they can't, they state law cannot, thwart the purposes of federal law. Like that's a basic, the basic part of our constitutional structure is federal law, Trump's Trump's state law, state law that thwarts federal law is invalid. Um, So it's really going to come down to, you know, normal people or institutions or states going to court, winning that the federal mandates are unconstitutional. And then that's the way that this would get handled legally. Will Chamberlain, thank you so much, my man. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, we got Bobby Barak next. Hang on. Your gear matters. The quality of your holster matters. And for so long, people have acted like it doesn't. And it's understandable, right? Because it's not the sexy part. The gun is. Oh, I've got my gun. I've got my ammunition. I've learned how to use it safely. I'm really great with my weapons. Yes, you should, sh- you should see how I shoot my weapon. Okay, Did you take the time and get a holster that won't fail you when you need it most? Because these holsters, these big box hunting store holsters that are bulk made, they are not made to last. They're made for you to grab off the shelf as soon as you buy your weapon. Go to Northwest Retention Systems for the quality. And I know I get emails all the time, Jesse, I can't believe how cool these designs are. They are really cool. They have great designs. They they do. It's the quality. The quality. The quality. Custom-made, custom-made right here in America. Check out their best-selling Scout chest holster as well. Pretty slick. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE to get 10% off. We'll be back. Well, we have good news. We have bad news out there as far as sports goes. We're going to discuss that with our regular sports friend, Bobby Barak from Outkick.com. Bobby, first and foremost, here was apparently our second national anthem from this weekend.
1: Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven with the of liberty.
0: Okay, uh, Bobby, look, setting all the other ridiculousness aside, is the NFL completely unaware that the popularity of this, all this Black Lives Matter crap is not what it was last year as people have woken up to this? Well, first of all, I want to say, uh, I am a fan of Alicia Key. Just want to put that out of the way. Like What I'm about to
2: say is going to be pretty critical of her, the whole movement, but it's nothing personal against who she is. I'm a fan. Uh, but put that aside. So, on the back of these helmets, the NFL players are wearing unity, stop the divide. Aren't we dividing people by telling them there's two different national anthems? Jesse, the national anthem should be the ultimate unifier. It represents the country, the flag, which represents freedom, which everybody in America has freedom. So that should be the ultimate unifier. So why we're separating the national anthem, calling this the quote-unquote black national anthem, so black people have one national anthem, the rest, other people don't, they have their own national anthem, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's the exact opposite of what the NFL is trying to do. And to answer your question, I don't know who they're trying to appeal to because— I've been to sporting events. I go out in public. I go to barbecues, bars. I've never once heard someone say, I hate this national anthem. I want to hear the black national anthem. I I never even heard of this until last year when this came into fruition in front of all these football games. It makes no sense to me. And I don't even know who asked for it. It's kind of like the Redskins um, debacle where the Washington football team was forced to drop the Redskins' names. And you have Native Americans saying, wait a minute we had no problem with the name so who's asking for this stuff i don't know
0: Okay, well, how are the people... I mean, look, the NFL... I don't watch anymore, Bobby, full disclosure. I know you do. I know you're a sports guy. I walked away, can't do it anymore. But I do know is it is an organization that is run by a bunch of very smart guys, supposedly, right? I mean, I know the people who run the league. It's a bunch of Harvard and Yale and Stanford types. They're really going to let a tiny, tiny vocal minority continue to run out people like me? Because, Bobby, I'm never coming back.
2: Well, and, Jesse, you mentioned smart guys... Also, rich guys. I think what's happening here is money doesn't make you braver. It makes you weaker because once you taste success, you don't want to lose it, and it makes you, in a bizarre way, more desperate. Um, I liken this very similar to a column I wrote about ESPN. What's going on right now in the NFL is the mostly white owners and executives they feel that they have to prove that they're not racist. And to prove you're not racist, you have to do much more than just be not racist. You have to show people you're not racist by being racist and embracing stuff that's dividing, like Black Lives Matter, that Black National Anthem, Uh, all this other stuff, uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, calling him right, going after Donald Trump. These owners and executives, they're afraid of the New York Times. They're afraid of NPR, the Washington Post, social media, Twitter, Facebook, all of them. That they're now trying to prove with a shield. They're saying, Jesse, well, you can't call us racist. Look at the back of the helmets. Look at the Black National Anthem. Look at the players kneeling. They're all trying to get a temporary shield from the mob so that they can't be next. It's all, it's all pathetic because none of it is in bravery. It's the exact opposite.
0: Bobby, are there any leagues that have backed off majorly off of going all-in last year? I mean, they virtually all went all-in last year except for the UFC, but are there any of them who've quietly, I'm sure, kind of walked away and thrown that stuff in the trash? Well, UFC is the one, like
2: you mentioned. That seems to be the one that isn't embracing this stuff. the White just says, I don't care about right? I don't care if you're left, right, in the middle, uh, straight, gay, trans, whatever. He just wants you to enjoy fighting, which is really what sports used to be. Um, so I, he's the one. Um, I think if there is a second one. It's probably college football. Um, these these uh, organizations, they seem to really just want to make money above all else. I haven't seen too much of this. Far left takeover in college football. They're obviously allowing the F Joe Biden chance, which I find kind of funny. I know Donnie Jr. also got a kick out of it. But outside the UFC, there's no doubt that professional sports right now are catering not to the average man, but to the readers of the New York Times, Twitter, people that, you know, Clay and I just consider kind of losers that we
0: don't want to hang out with. You
2: probably agree.
0: (laughs) I certainly do. All right. You mentioned (laughs) college football. I I didn't watch any. I, I just had something to do. I'm actually not. I didn't walk away from college football, but I didn't get a chance watching it this weekend. But I saw plenty of videos of packed stadiums, my man. Is that the norm across the country?
2: Yeah, uh, college football is right back to full-blown pre-COVID crazy tailgate guys with their shirt off drinking beer getting in a fight spitting at each other it's back to normal and that's why you have Dr. Anthony Fauci so mad about this he came on CNN last week and said how dangerous irresponsible it is for fans to get back to normal I think seeing all the fans two weeks ago gathered together in red states blue states battleground states just proved that Americans are ready to get back to normal. You saw a lot of Americans really give a middle finger to people like Fauci and say, we don't care anymore. We're going to go enjoy college football because people like you assisted and taken away from us last year. For those that don't remember, these college football fans were not allowed at the games last year. They're so excited to get back and just finally have an escape from all the stuff they've been brainwashed with the past 12 months. They're over
0: it. This was another sign forward, back to normalcy. Bobby, I know the the different conferences handle things different ways in college football. Are some being really great, some being terrible? Is it pretty universal across the board? Let's just get the kids in there and make some money. What, how is it?
2: Well, right now it's pretty universal across the board, but I think you touched on a key point is that all of this is temporary to some degree. I mean, as soon as medical experts, you know, start complaining again, you could see certain conferences push back, like I think the Pac-12, which is, Based in California, Washington, or the Big Ten, or i Michigan, Ohio. I think they're more likely to listen. Or right? I think some of these southern states, with uh, Sankey running things at SEC, I think they're pretty bulletproof. They're going to keep this going. But as of right now, it's pretty universal. Same thing in the NFL. Like last night, Los Angeles. They just uh, unveiled their new stadium with the first time ever having fans. They were packed, Jesse. So right now, sports are back to normal. It doesn't matter if you're in a red state, blue state, uh, conference in the Southwest. It doesn't matter right now. As far as I'm concerned, sports are back to normal pre-COVID, but they're still in reaction to what happened with George Floyd, when the media made this unilateral uh, declaration that the country is systemically racist and everybody has to acknowledge that. So there's that.
0: Bobby, Bobby Brock, thank you so much, my man. I appreciate it.
2: Just any time. All
0: right. Speaking of college football, we have a light in the mood for you. It. I can't even believe I'm going to say this. It was actually inspiring and it involved a cat. You're going to have to wait and see. Hang on. I don't like cats. I'm not insulting your cat. I mean, I probably wouldn't like it, but I'm probably not... I'm not insulting your cat specifically. I've just never been a cat guy. more of a dog guy. So, when I heard someone saved a stray cat at a game, I kind of rolled my eyes and thought, okay, that's really great news, but I have to admit... This is actually one of the cooler videos I've seen in a while. Uh, Just hang on. The payoff is pretty stinking cool. This happened this weekend at a college football game. pretty cool stray cat hanging by a thread gets caught in an american flag and the crowd goes wild i admit that's pretty stinking awesome all right keep your chin up we'll do it again tomorrow.